This is episode 79 of The Chick in Charge. Like many chicks in charge, Monica Neal has a lengthy resume that makes people sit up and take notice. Her journey began as a PA on Good Morning America. Obviously, that stood for pretty awesome as she made stops at HBO, Disney, Nickelodeon, and Court TV prior to joining Turner Broadcasting in 2000. Her fantastic voyage continued with the Harlem Globetrotters prior to doing what most chicks in charge do, go out on her own and share her vast knowledge with others as a brand communications consultant. Take a trip to success as Mary Parker talks with Monica Neal on The Chick in Charge, coming up right now. Welcome to The Chick in Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hey everybody, my name is Sarah Smith and I'm here with Mary Parker who is the host of the Chick in Charge podcast. This podcast is inspired by Mary's book, self-titled The Chick in Charge by Mary Parker. And the podcast is really focused on women and entrepreneurship. Mary is an amazingly successful entrepreneur. She's the CEO of All-in-One Security, the founder of the Mary Parker Foundation. She is an author, author of the autobiography, The Chick in Charge. And Mary, what else? you've done other things too. Oh, you're an ordained minister. <laughs> yes, Sarah, you're telling the story. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And um, I want to throw to you, Mary, to just take off and introduce our beautiful, wonderful, accomplished guest. Good morning. Thank you so much, Sarah, for the introduction. And Port, thank you for being here today. I'm excited about this podcast today. We have so much to talk about. And I'm especially excited to have our guest, Miss Monica Neal, this morning. You know, Sarah, as you introduced me, one would say, yes, she has done a lot. Right. But as I read your resume, I realize that my work is really just beginning. So, Monica, I'm going to just open up and allow you to give us a brief uh, synopsis of who you are, a brief introduction, and we'll take questioning from there. How's that? That sounds perfect. And thank you so much, Sarah and Mary, for inviting me here today. I'm excited to be here. This is a, a wonderful opportunity, and I'm honored. Um, I am originally from South Carolina, and I consider myself very fortunate to be born to two educators. Wow. So learning and reading and exploring was very much a part of my childhood. Um, and as such, I think I always knew that I was going to be interested in things beyond my grasp. Um, because they introduced me to a, a love of reading, a love of fine arts. And I think that for me, that set off um, an explorer, a cultural explorer, if you will. So I was always looking for what is there new to learn and what is there new to do. And that led me to seek an educational opportunity outside of the South. So I went up to the Northeast, um, which was uh, a tremendous opportunity to gain additional exposure 
And that's where I think um, I started to understand that the television industry and the entertainment industry was probably going to be in my future. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when you're on a very um, assertive academic path, you don't know what the opportunities are available to you. Right. So at that time, and I'm really going to date myself, I went to the career development office of my college and got out the big book of alums. Okay. Because there was no database <laughs> at that time. And I found um, 20 women who were working in television and film. Oh, my God. And I wrote them. I got out my typewriter, believe it or not, and uh, wrote and, and inquired, why should I consider a career in this industry? And I wrote 20 letters. I received 19 letters back. No. And one phone call. Oh wow. God. That and is remarkable. Yeah. What I learned is... If you ask people their opinion, as opposed to directly asking them for a job, they're more likely to respond. Gotcha. And um, the, the answers I received were phenomenal. Everyone said, you should pursue a career in this industry. It's fabulous. You'll, you'll never have as much influence as you can um, with communications, broadcast, television, what have you. And uh, the, the one person who actually picked up the phone to call is the person whose job I ultimately took. Wow. So, and it would not have happened if it were not for her. So were you it, writing that letter? Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, that, right. exactly. that was the, yes. Yeah, and what was interesting is um, at the time, I, I didn't really, I didn't know that that's what I wanted. Um, and to try to make a long story really short, is after I communicated with her and we sort of stayed in touch during my senior year in college, I was fortunate enough to be able to travel to Europe post-graduation. Again, this was at a point, there were no cell phones, right. there were no... Um, GPS. Exactly. Yeah. So the only way I knew what was happening at home is I get my calling card and I would call my mother to say, hi, I'm in Germany today. I'm alive. Right. Hi, I'm in Spain today. I'm alive. That was good that you did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I called home one day and she said, hey, uh, that woman that, who, that you connected with, she's leaving her job. She submitted your resume. You have to be in New York in two days. Good luck. Oh, my luck. God. <laughs> and, and this was your mom from South Carolina. In South Carolina. Okay. And I think I was in... I think I was in Germany at okay. the time, so I had a Eurorail pass. Yep. I used that pass. I got back to uh, the coast of France, and they didn't have the tunnel, the channel, so I had right. to take the ferry. To go to the U.K. To the U.K., caught the plane to New York, where fortunately I had an uncle and who was a minister, and the women of his congregation provided me clothing, a suit oh to God. wear, shoot, because I didn't have any of that. I love the story. And that I, is Don't make it creative. short. Don't make <laughs> it short. <laughs> it's a great story. And I went to the interview, and uh, by the way, I should tell you, the interview was with ABC's Good Morning America. Hello. Um, so, and sometimes, even though I was, I think I was still 20, the moment I walked into the office and the moment I sat down for the interview, I knew I had that job. I love that. I just knew it. Yep. I didn't know how I was going to get to New York. I didn't know where I was going to live. You didn't have any fear. I, I just... You just... No apprehension like about this, it. And I you knew that was your job. I knew that was my job. And everything else would work out. Absolutely. 
How much, if any, mentoring this did this lady offer you as you moved into that position? You know what? Absolutely none. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> she was gone by the time. But there were others. I never met her. Oh physically God. met her at all. So you actually got the job, <laughs> went on to work, mm-hmm. and how did you feel about that great transition? I know you felt great about receiving the job, but the actual transition, how did that feel? It was frightening um, because even though I had been afforded uh, in my young adolescence um, the ability, the opportunity to travel and have exposure to many different people and places, I had always lived in very small towns. So to go from South Carolina, I went to school in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is just a, a very small town, to, to living in New York was overwhelming. Right. Um, but I think there's something about being 20 <laughs> that gives you a, a courage you don't even know you have. You don't and know what to be afraid of. You don't know what to be afraid of. Yeah. And then just having faith uh, in God that he will make sure everything works out. And he did. Because fortunately, my uncle, who lived out on Long Island, let me live with him for a while. Very good. And I did that commute on the Long Island Railroad. I had to be at Good Morning America at 4 a.m. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was something. So you went else. to bed at six. Well, and you know, at but night. the great thing here is with you starting so young mm-hmm. in a position such as that, and with the schedule that you had, I mean. It sounds as though you already had discipline. Yes. But that really taught you discipline. But it also taught you courage. Yes. It taught you aggressiveness because you really, really, you just you just did a great job at transitioning into that. So having received that big job mm-hmm. the first time around, what are some of the key points that you would share with young people, and especially women today, um, what are some of the key points that prepared you for that position? You had two days to be be ready for the interview. Pretty much. Yeah. So share with us how did how did you get ready? Just like that. <laughs> you know, I think I've always had um, a healthy sense of self and a healthy sense of self awareness, and I think that's because. For the majority of my life, I have spent a lot of time alone. And eventually, when you spend a lot of time alone, the distractions become boring. Were you an only child? No, no, not at all. But um, I was a very active child. Um, I uh, I went to school, of course, but I never came straight home. I had jobs. I danced in a ballet company. I did films for PBS. So I was very um, active. Got it. Um, but often alone. And after a while, you know, when television and reading become enough, you're kind of forced to sort of think and look at yourself and start to figure a few things out. And I think I started that process very early in my life, that kind of self-awareness. So um, what I would say to someone who is just starting out, don't spend all your time uh, with the distractions of life. Take some time to get to really know yourself. And the fascinating thing is um, you may not like everything that you discover about yourself, but you can accept it. 
and learn to live with it. And I would recommend taking the time to do that sooner rather than later, because as we all know, as you get older and as you progress professionally in particular, things get really challenging. And if you don't know who you are at your core, you can get lost pretty easy right. uh, or easily. So I think that has, that has um, um, bode well for me in, in my, my later professional life is taking that time to sort of figure out who I am and how I am and then to sort of plan accordingly. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that is very, very important because the one thing that I think is different with when we grew up is that we did spend a lot more time preparing and relationships were also important to us. Uh, what I'm seeing, and I have three younger grandchildren mm -hmm. and so many other kids that, that I'm interactive with, is because of this wanting everything right now, do you believe our children or the young people are as prepared today as we were, perhaps academically, but mm -hmm. from a social perspective? You know, that's a really good question um, because it's, it's, I think they're prepared in ways that were not necessarily critical to us and our generation. I find that um, a lot of young people with whom I work um, are those who work for me are actually far more adaptable and adjust and can adjust quickly okay. than I, I felt I could um, when I was their age. Um, there seems to be a sense of um, rolling with it <laughs> that they do um, quite successfully. Um, I also feel that consequences perhaps don't devastate them as much as they might have someone of a different generation. Right, right. They kind of can seem to absorb it a little bit and then keep going. Um, you know, I have, I have two really uh, very smart friends, and they both always say, just in casual conversation or even when they're mentoring someone, they, they always say, keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Just keep I love it. Moving. it. That's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this this generation does that yes. um, far better than I, I felt I did at that point in my life and career. And you, speaking of your career, you have had an amazing career. What would you say was one of, if you just give us an example of just one highlight, I'm sure there have been many, <laughs> but what would you describe as the highlight of your career? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, you know, as much as it was a tremendous challenge, my time in New York was amazingly rewarding. I have never felt as professionally alive as I had wow. when I did when I was in New York City. I think because it is such a competitive marketplace and the energy and ambition yeah. to succeed is all around you. Right. And if that's your personality type, yep. I think it can be a tremendously successful and happy place. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have worked with a lot of major media networks and companies, but I, pro I don't think I've had as much fun as I did when I worked for the soap operas at ABC. Oh my God. I was the publicist for all my children for a oh while. Oh my God. And Favorite, you my favorite are now one. My mom's very best friend. She's <laughs> been watching it for a hundred years. I know. <laughs> and it was, I think because that was, it was such pure entertainment 
Um, it just was a delight. And, and my coworkers were fabulous. My boss was fab. All of the elements that you hope for hope for and wish for in a job right. existed there. Where did they, sh- they didn't shoot They those. shot in New York. Yeah, but on the river, right? Didn't yeah, they? 66, West 66th Street and 10th. And the st- uh, uh, they had two studios down there. That's where they shoot the view now. Right, okay. Um, and then uh, the One Life to Live studio was across the street from 77 West 66. Gotcha. So, of course, now, unfortunately, all my children is no longer... But um, I was able to uh, do and accomplish some things in that job um, that I, I didn't know I was capable. Right. And then probably the first job I had when I moved to Atlanta to work for Turner, that's the first time I worked for a boss who championed me and helped me to see that I was much more than I ever thought I was. I had never put myself mentally in a category of senior leadership. I was quite comfortable and happy just sort of doing the job. But he allowed me to operate way above and beyond. What a gift. It was a tremendous gift. And more importantly, he got out of my way, but also championed me to those people who were in places um, uh, to which I would not necessarily have access. Right. And that's when I started to learn. Who was this boss? This was David Rudolph. Oh, my God. He was the general manager of Turner South. And that's when I started to understand this is a game. This is a game. And there's so much more to what is required of me than my deliverables right you've got to learn how to make the right relationships based on the right information and for the right reasons and it doesn't mean you have to be someone that you're not it just means you have to learn how to read the environment and then play it to your advantage so that you can get and do what you want. Oh, that is so very important. And you know, sometimes as we're talking to other entrepreneurs as well as uh, 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 professionals, I don't know that they realize the difference in various relationships as well, because I heard you go from advisor to mentors to sponsors. We tend to not do as great a job quickly enough to create and develop those sponsors. You had a sponsor, your champion, and that means having someone on the inside who knows you well enough to put their reputation on the line. So congratulations for that. And I'm really, really eager to hear about your experience with the Harlem Gold Trotters. The Chick in Charge spotlights productivity in Take Charge Women, so it makes sense to feature one of the best products to assist in achieving your productivity we've seen in a long time. Laptop warriors will agree. Who couldn't use a second monitor to handle all the info you've got crowding your desktop? It's annoying, always reducing windows to get to the information you need right now. But who can bring a second monitor along everywhere you go? Well, you can. You have to check out Sidetrack. Seriously, it's a game changer. Sidetrack is an ultra-portable USB monitor that actually mounts to the back of your laptop. 
It's light, slim, and has great resolution. Sidetrack magnetically attaches to the back of your laptop and slides out for viewing. Plug and play into your USB port and boom, you've got a second monitor. Got a big presentation? Sidetrack mirrors your screen and flips 180 to share it with clients. Now that's a must-have and worth the price of admission. The Chicken Charge podcast uses its Sidetrack monitor for personal and corporate presentations, and it is just fantastic. Plus, the technology wows people, which never hurts. We're pretty geeked about this product, so much so that we've talked Sidetrack into giving you 10% off. Go to Sidetrack.com. Sidetrack is spelled S-I-D-E-T-R-A-K, no C. So go to Sidetrack.com slash discount slash chick in charge and enter the promo code chick in charge as one word at checkout. Got it? S-I-D-E-T-R-A-K. Go to Sidetrack.com slash discount slash chick in charge and enter the promo code chick in charge at checkout and get 10% off your new Sidetrack monitor. That has been an amazing experience. Was that the most fun time you had? I, that was a good time, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, not at all what I expected to be doing at any point in my career. But what I know for sure is um, if you have the right attitude and if you desire to bring your whole self to the situation, you can really kind of make yourself successful anywhere. Um, I think what I liked about the opportunity is, um, you know, when you work in a certain industry for a long time, um, you know, as you're kind of climbing the ladder, yes, there are a lot of challenges and new things to experience, but then you kind of get to a point where there's not as, as much as that, that's new or different, um, but this was something that would be completely brand new. And I was excited to see exactly what I could bring to the table that would be of value, but that would be different based on where I had been versus where they had been. Because, um, you know, what I like to do is I like to think of them as, you know, I have a career in entertainment. The Harlem Globetrotters is an organization that is sports entertainment and entertainment adjacent enough for me to be able to have some value. And what was great is, even though I don't know, I didn't know a lot about basketball or sports or sports entertainment, I was lucky enough to be embraced by a group of folks who were willing to teach and coach me along the way. And I have to say, it was refreshing to be valued um, for what I was bringing to the table right. because it was new yes. and innovative, which made me reevaluate the skill sets that I had been deploying, you know, multiple years before. So it uh, allowed me to see myself professionally in a different way. Um, it's also that's this working with the Globetrotters was the first time I was really able to do a deep dive in global work and get global work experience because you know they are a global right. organization and they travel the world and they're philanthropists and they're philanthropists they are America's goodwill ambassadors yeah. and those players 
they completely live up that's amazing. to that brand promise. That's amazing. It's a phenomenal organization. It's almost 100 years old. Wow. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's funny because um, Curly Neal is still a part of oh the organization. <laughs> and uh, when when I started, uh, I had to accept an adjusted email address because he already owned Neal at HarlemGlobetrotters.com. Ah. So I was like, okay, well, he's a legend. We got it. <laughs> so I will happily accept M. Neal at HarlemGlobetrotters.com. Um, and That's so, funny. But it's funny, you know, when you grow up and you see them play, you have no idea that you might work with the organization one day. And they're so talented. They oh really my gosh, are. I'm I'm reminiscing, and whew, tell us, tell us, Mary. School, so I want to know. I want to know your your memory. <laughs> but they came to Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm -hmm. and it wasn't too many years after I moved from rural Mississippi, where we hadn't seen anyone do um, anything like or, that or do anything. And they're astonishing, no matter where you come from. Oh, so I'm I can serious, only imagine. But I took a group of kids. Yeah to the game and I didn't realize at the time that I'd be part of the show but it uh -oh. was one of the most memorable events I have yeah. as a teenager and especially because of the joy it brought to the kids yeah. I was with you know it seems that you've been a grown-up all of your life I and think congratulations so. to you for having parents uh, who were well educated and could direct you as such at such an early age uh, and with having parents like that what are some of the things, just give me one chick tip that you wish someone had told you when you were younger. I think that um, I wish I had been told that all of the skills that you develop in your personal life will come to bear in your professional life, which means you are much more qualified to successfully navigate a business or a corporate environment than you think you are. I love that. Because yes. I think what happens is the way we negotiate and navigate our personal relationships definitely leverages some serious skill sets that we don't think are appropriate in the workplace. So I, I oftentimes will tell people, think about how you manage your boyfriend or your spouse or your child when there's an event coming up or when there's a family occasion coming up. You manipulate and negotiate and navigate and move circumstances around for a favorable outcome. Th that's the same skill set you need in the workplace. Right. So you really are being true to yourself. Um, and I wish I had learned that earlier. Oh, that is amazing. And so now, with all of these accomplishments, are you mentoring? You know what? I am and I'm not. Um, and I say I'm not is because sometimes I, I don't recognize that I am doing it. So I don't think of it that way. But yes, actually I am. I think um, I have such a good circle of friends that it's very easy to uh, offer advice or make time to help them work through a situation or a circumstance, and I just think I'm being a friend. But what I so a, a, a really good so you're friend, actually mentoring she and coaching. Has, yeah, <laughs> a really good friend has pointed out to me, you've been doing that all along. Wow. Right? I think it's time you get paid for. And, and you know, and let me share this story with you. I was doing the same thing and didn't realize mm -hmm. that 
I had a mentoring program going. I was mentoring 20 businesses. Wow. Two hours per month. Mm -hmm. No pay. And, you know, it became overwhelming. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how do I get some of my time back? Out of that, I created Facts University, Focus, Analyze, Commit, Strategize. Started that training once per month, brought the 20 students in. They gained two hours of training per month. And I got 36 hours back. Wow. Wasn't that an amazing exchange? It really, really was. So what's next for you, Monica? Well, I'm looking for an opportunity to work globally, if possible. Um, I've really enjoyed having the opportunity to experience um, a professional and a personal life outside of the United States. And I would love the opportunity to be able to pursue that um, in a full-time capacity. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel and vacation in a lot of different places. Um, And right now, I'm actually engaged in some conversations with some folks in London and in South Africa um, that could be promising, but you you never really know. But that's sort of um, my reach goal. Um, In the meantime, I'm deriving great satisfaction with working with small businesses to help them develop marketing communication plans. Um, And my clients are all over the place. Some are in consumer product, some are in fitness, uh, some are in uh, production and entertainment. Um, And it's been really interesting, again, to see sort of um, the totality of my overall experience be applied to help someone get their start entrepreneurially. Right. So that's been pretty exciting and rewarding. That's amazing. Are these entertainment companies in London and South Africa? Um, They're actually, uh, in London, it's a a marketing communications agency. Okay. And then in South Africa, it's actually with their travel and tourism board. Gotcha. So interesting. I'm a big fan of um, Cape Town and and the Cape Winelands of South Africa. It's my favorite place to visit. So it's kind of like an economic development slash marketing kind of job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's a very yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Good for you. Yeah, and with exciting. your background, you will undoubtedly Kill be it. the best candidate for that job. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Kill it. I hope so. we're so. rooting for you. Yeah. Yes. Although I'm on the backside of getting to, of meeting you. And I, I really like what I see, love what I'm hearing. And I hope you're around Atlanta for a little while. And let me tell you why really quickly. Uh, In January, we're starting a small business incubator leadership development program Mm -hmm. at my center, Junction 2800. What you do in terms of training and working with small businesses, Mm -hmm. that could also present itself an opportunity for you. Because we're expecting to have 100 businesses. And all the things that you do, they will need to learn that. And one thing that you do, which is the public the public relations piece Mm -hmm. is a huge piece that we, and I say we, uh, don't typically establish budgets for. That's really costing us a fortune to not have that presence. Okay, well, if there's anything else that you would like to add today, it's been a great interview. Well, I have totally enjoyed being here. And and Sarah, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm glad we were able to reconnect. And Mary, it's just been tremendous having this time with you this morning. I'm so sorry we haven't met sooner. Same here. But I'm looking forward to staying in touch. Well, now that we've met, we will absolutely do that. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. 
Likewise. Yes. Okay. Well, congratulations on your new assignment. Thank you. And I hope that's a little ways down the road. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Keep us posted. Okay, Okay. I will. We'll come back and make the announcement to our audience. Oh, my God. That would be great. (laughs) Sarah, any closing remarks I love Monica, and um, she gave me a lot of ideas while we were talking, and um, I I, want to title your podcast, Keep It Moving. Oh, perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. That would be good. Yes. So look out for that one. (laughs) Keep it moving. The Chicken Charge and Monica Neal. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, thank you so much to our audience today. It was a fantastic time. And we're always excited to bring such interesting guests to you. And I hope you enjoyed our guest as much as I did today. So thank you so much for listening. We've got to go now. Stay tuned. This is Mary Parker. I am the Chick in Charge. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.